welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm team leader at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. Our reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 to verse 40. And we are thinking about the subject of worship under the heading, Worship Matters. Going to begin, as we always do, with a word of prayer. Believe that what we're about to read is the very word of God to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we need the Spirit's help, not only to understand, but also to allow God's word into our lives, the very deep places, and then live it out day to day. Let's ask for his help together. Lord, we praise you, we worship you for your word. We bow before you. We recognize that your word, the Bible, is the very breathed out word of God, your words, O Lord. Thank you that you used human authors with their different styles and approaches. But nevertheless, we believe that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it's trustworthy and true and that you speak to us through the Bible today. Lord, may we hear your voice and in hearing your voice, we pray that we would have understanding that your word would penetrate indeed into the deep places in our lives. And then, O Lord, help us to live it out in the power of the same Holy Spirit who inspired your word. May we be changed. May we be transformed. So, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, beginning at verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church." 
or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet, or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they themselves will be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Well, as I said, I want to talk about matters of worship. And as part of this, uh, verses 34 to 35 jump out at us, particularly in the society that we are in today. And they demand some comments. I'm not going to focus on them today, but I don't want to duck the difficult issues. And what I want to say about these verses is that, well, firstly, Paul clearly assumes in 1 Corinthians that women will speak in church and gives instructions about that and gives instructions to men as well. And so... If Paul is being consistent, which I absolutely believe that he is, he's not saying that women shouldn't speak out in churches words of prophecy, prophetic preaching. My own view, which I have articulated before in these podcast episodes, is that God gives gifts and he calls without distinction to women and to men, and that in the life of the church, Uh, It's gifting and not gender which determines a call and a role. In short, uh, women together with men are called to engage in the life of the church, in leadership, in preaching, in eldership, not on the basis of gender, but on the basis of gifting and calling. And so that's where I stand on these things. The key to understanding these two verses, I think, is that the words to speak, lalain, is sometimes used of chatter. And I think that is how Paul is using it here. And a number of commentaries point us in this direction Uh, that there is sort of unregulated chatter that is going on. And it's this that Paul rules out because he is concerned about good order in worship. He's not speaking about a woman who might be preaching, might be speaking prophetically, might might be giving a word of encouragement or instruction. He's talking about something that's very different. The heart of the passage here is good order in worship. And we might pause and think, well, what do we think when we hear a statement like good order is important in worship? It doesn't sound very exciting. Surely a church that emphasizes good order will be traditional, boring, and even quenching the work of the Spirit. And yet we see in a verse like verse 33 that Paul is deeply concerned for good order. And in these verses we see why it is so important. 
It might seem that good order is promoted above the work of the Spirit, and yet the reverse is true. And ironically, a complete free-for-all quenches the Spirit. Words will be given which cannot be weighed, so the unhelpful will be mixed in with the good. Tongues will be spoken which are not interpreted, so no one will know what is said. Instead of instruction and encouragement, there will be confusion and discouragement. A good orderly framework for worship allows the Spirit to work in healthy, life-giving ways, gives space for this. And no framework at all is harmful and brings the church into disrepute. In our churches, cell groups, small groups, accountability groups, and so on, a certain amount of order is invariably an aid to the Spirit's working. It turns out that such order is not so boring after all. We might reflect on a couple of questions together as we come to prayer. How can groups and meetings that we're a part of be both orderly and open to participation? And we might also ask ourselves the question, what sort of order facilitates the Spirit's work? Not an order that is so structured that there is no room for people to participate, no room to breathe, no space for the spirit to break out. But no order at all is just chaos. It brings the work of the spirit into disrepute. The good is mixed in with the bad. And eventually people give up in despair. No order actually quenches the work of the spirit. So with these things in mind, let's pray together. Lord, thank you, uh, first of all and once again, that you call women and men equally to service in your church and the wider world. Thank you that gifts are not given on the basis of gender. Rather, you give the whole range of gifts to all as you choose. And Lord, we praise you for the thrust of this passage that good order, rather than quenching the work of the Spirit, actually promotes the work of the Spirit. Lord, in our churches, in our small groups, in our accountability groups, whatever they may be, we pray, O Lord, that we would have the right sort of order the one that allows for weighing, for sifting of words and insights, one that encourages participation, but one where there is orderliness that reflects you well both to outsiders and to insiders. Lord, we praise you for this deeply practical instruction. So, Lord, we pray that our worship would be healthy and whole, that we would praise you from our hearts whenever we are together. 
whether it's by Zoom or online or in person in these days. And Lord, as we come to a close of this prayer time, we do want to pray for your church. And especially today, we pray for the church in the United Kingdom, the nation or family of nations where most of us live. Lord, in these days where there is a heaviness, in these days where there is spiritual searching, in these days where there is fear, may others discover the joy of worshipping you in community. Yeah, perhaps online, perhaps via Zoom, perhaps in person, in the physical services that are taking place in different ways, COVID secure, but nevertheless coming together to worship you. Lord, we pray that you would add your blessing to all that the church is doing in these days. May churches work in ways that are sustainable, creative, and which have great impact. Come, Holy Spirit, inhabit the hearts of your people. Come to worship services. Come to small groups up and down the land. Come to those individual one-to-one conversations about faith and pour out your blessing and bring many to you in these days. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.